0: Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host Natalie Kwa to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality one earthling at a time. Hi everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. Woohoo! It's been a little while. It's been a wild month for me, moi, Nathalie Croix. I have been immersed in my yoga teacher trainings, which is a life transforming situation. It is I have a a beautiful group of yogis and yoginis who join my 200 hour and 300 hour and we kind of emerge ourselves in this path of discovery, self-discovery, world discovery, how to make the world better, nutrition, anatomy, you know, taking care of the planet, the health of the planet, the health of our body, mind and spirit, upraising the vibration. And so sometimes I get busy. With that said, this is my baby project and I love you guys. I truly appreciate everyone who has been listening and you have reached out to me on Facebook and Instagram and email I appreciated. I got to meet and see so many people, which I forgot to say. But yeah, I am a teacher. I hold lessons and classes, public classes. So some of you have actually gotten to reach out to me and come to my classes at Shanti Yoga Shala in New Orleans. Some of you are doing meditation with me and I'll have three public classes. One at the space at Robert Public. Meditation on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. I also do two other meditation classes at Shanti Yoga. So all good stuff. I appreciate getting to know you all. I appreciate the emails. I appreciate the encouragement. And that foremost, this podcast is somehow enhancing, even if it is a little part of your life. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being on this peace journey with me. I believe that if you're here with me and you're listening to this, is because you are a member of, above all, love and peace, not only for ourselves, but the planet. So today I'm here again with one of my super, super special, most special guests, Christopher Galliano. Woohoo!
1: Thank you, Natalie. It's really nice to be here today, this evening. So thank you for having me again.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing it, Chris. I always like to give everyone a little background of, you know, what's happening in our evening. Well, some of you, if you haven't listened to Chris's, Chris has been on the podcast before and his, his episode is one of the most listened that I've had on the show super inspiring and if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to that episode again because it's it's quite amazing and i've got a lot of really good feedback from it right now we're sitting in chris's house chris's place in the french quarter on bourbon street (laughs) in new orleans so much fun because i'm sure even if you're you know some of you're not from new orleans bourbon street if you have if you hear of new orleans you hear of bourbon street We had a fantastic dinner tonight. I actually hadn't seen you just in a little bit, like a couple weeks or maybe three. Was it a couple? Yeah, a couple weeks. Chris went to Europe. He's been all over. We'll talk about it. And uh, we had dinner at this place. What's the place called again?
1: It's called the Italian Barrel here in the French Quarter.
0: So good. Very
1: nice place.
0: They make their own pasta, right?
1: They do, yeah, from scratch.
0: Yeah, we had a plant-based meal tonight, and it was fantastic, y'all. Like, the pasta was just so good. So we're now sitting here at Chris's home, and just so you have a feel of it, it's so beautiful, the artwork on the walls. He was just showing me some of the art, uh before we started the podcast, the ceilings, oh my god, I love these ceilings, like that arch there. There's a pool outside on the courtyard. The kitchen is really beautiful. Your friend makes some of this, these pieces of art, right? It's mm-hmm. so cool. It's so beautiful. Do you yeah. want to say his name or is it yeah, a secret? Um,
1: I collaborated with Benjamin Bullens and he's he's local here in New Orleans and He was kind of renowned as as one of the the first dumpster divers that would actually be commissioned to make furniture pieces out of stuff he found in the trash or just piles of rubble that that, uh, he went through. So um, he's incredibly talented and just a a really nice, sweet person. Him and his wife, they run a family business here and they do commission pieces and, you know... You can look in a catalog at Restoration Hardware, or you can look at something like that and say, "Okay, this is this is really a one of a kind piece."
0: Everything looks so beautiful. It's
1: incredible. He's very passionate and um, one of the most creative minds I think in town here in New Orleans.
0: So, what's going on? Are you happy?
1: <laughs> I, I'm very happy. I, I've I've been on the you know traveling and just really um, having some really incredible life experiences as of late. I caught my first salmon this week, so I'm pretty jazzed about that. I spent a lot of time in the Pacific Ocean when I was in the Navy and crossed it a few times, but I, I never had a chance to go fishing on it.
0: Where did you go?
1: I went to the Vancouver Islands in, in the north, northern part of Vancouver in British Columbia and uh, went fishing for, for salmon and halibut. And, um, you know, I spent several years of my life in the Pacific Ocean, but I never had a chance to fish. So to go back there and see the open ocean, see the sunset again over the Pacific, the Pacific, as the sun sets across the Pacific Ocean, to me, uh, that's a really once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's really beautiful. It's a rare sunset. And so I saw it again, which I just loved. And uh, and then I actually had a chance to go back and fish into the ocean that I spent, you know, a large part of my twenties in when I was in the Navy. You know, but we you know, we, we didn't fish in the boat because we were working and we were on the warship. And so, you know, fishing isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but it was really I thought it was just really cool to be able to go back and experience something that I didn't the first time, but Being back on the Pacific Ocean was a really special moment for me, as well as seeing those sunsets. There's a few corners of the earth where you get to experience a sunrise and a sunset that you just, it's etched in your mind, it's a memory. And the first thing that really comes to mind is like beauty. And I think we can remember a beautiful sunset, something that gets etched in our mind. When we think about a sunset, and we think about the horizon... And the glow of the rays against the clouds and the different colors, different parts of the world, it's quite different. This particular area, and, and, and really across the Pacific Ocean, you just have some beautiful sunsets that you don't really see in many other places. Beautiful.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: It's a really interesting spot because I, you know, I get to learn about the salmon migration. It really makes you think about you know what they're doing to preserve the salmon population. They go back to their home. They go back to their freshwater creek, but then come out into the saltwater open ocean to feed and grow. But then they eventually go back home and migrate back home.
0: So the salmon swim against the current of the river, right?
1: They they, they eventually do, and and where we were was we were at a transitional space in the Pacific Ocean where. I was like on the I ten of salmon migration.
0: That is so funny. It was really
1: cool to see that and and and, and, and experience it. I
0: just imagine these salmon beep beep. My turn now. Come on, buzz over. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do it. I'm in. Nature is so powerful. We always learn. I learned so much from observing nature.
1: Yeah, it's it's really something else. It's it's beyond in many cases what we comprehend.
0: And if we are smart, if we are smart human beings, I believe that we don't take it for granted and we sit or we pause and we look at nature, animals and our surroundings, especially animals in nature. And we go, "Okay, here is a lesson. Check. Learn that. Let me learn something else. You know, you go through it. You go through the motions and you sit and you observe and you let it sink into your heart body mind spirit your heart and your soul and you say okay i got this i mean it's so awesome even something as simple as when i go to the farm where i have my horse Mm -hmm. jazz i observe his behavior with his other horse bodies and there's not one time that i don't feel i am learning from them there's not one time and i can't tell everyone that's listening to this I've been lucky to have a relationship with my horse for five years, and he has introduced me to so many other magnificent beings um He has his buddies, he has his herd, he has you know the pack and how they do things, and things are always changing at the farm and I ha- have the blessing to witness and to humbly come into this situations that jazz is in and really. You know, allow they allow me to be around them and they, they basically teach me, you know. And I'm just like observing and letting it sink into my soul. And at the end of the day, I'm so grateful for having had the experiences that I've had with him. And I, I mean, it's like that with all animals. Our dogs can do that too. And I had a hamster one time and my hamster could do that as well. Taught me so much.
1: Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate in that we live on Earth. and
0: Life on Earth.
1: Which, which goes back to the title, life on Earth. It's so true. Yeah. There's so many different species on this Earth, whether it be on land, amph- amphibians, sea creatures, and, and the deep sea. And there's just so many layers. Birds, there's so many layers of what exists here on Earth. It's really incredible. We're somewhere kind of in the middle, although we do have this sense of awareness and... Yes. And we do have gunpowder and steel and and weapons and...
0: Well, before most, we have awareness. And awareness,
1: right? It's really interesting to see where we are in that mix.
0: Everything comes after awareness. So, you know, yes, we have gunpowers and we have all these things and that can be very destructive, you know. And Mm -hmm. of course, if managed well, it could be okay. But unfortunately, not all times it's managed well but if it doesn't really matter i'm not concerned with that as much as i'm concerned with if we have the awareness to yes. utilize anything that it is that we have we make accessible to us as human beings but we have the awareness to do it properly responsibly well and also in a way that will promote peace love and joy then we're all good and so the the foremost important thing for me is for all of us to wake up, to wake up to life as is, to the reality of each and every day, and also the reality of your neighbors, your family, your friends. And if we're in a point in the planet right now that if you know better, it's not enough to know better. It's actually now, it's not enough to know. There was a time that I thought, okay, you know better, that's enough. It's not enough anymore. If you know better, it is your job to teach by example. If you know better, it is your job to inspire people to be a better version of who they are. So rise up, you know, is that how you say it in English? Rise up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and in and Brazil,
0: I mean, I'm just thinking like, stand up for your rights. Very much like that Bob Marley song, get up, stand up. This is it. Like everyone, you that are listening right now, I love you. And you obviously are vibrating on the same frequency as I am, as Chris are. Many of the people on this podcast, you are part of this podcast. You are my family. Hey, you out there. Stand up. You know, we're in this together. How many of us are out there? Many. But Chris, I don't want to sugarcoat this anymore. I'm just going to go straight to it. (laughs) Your house burned out. Well, your house caught fire. Yes. So okay, and then we can move from there into other stuff. So it, um guys, so something that happened when was it? What month? April. April, not too long ago, right? We're in July. Chris's house caught on fire. It was a little bit after he came on the podcast. I have been wanting to, to, you know, speak with him about, because it was such a significant thing on so many levels, and I'm going to interview you about it, but, you know, I wanted to, to bring him on the podcast to talk about it, but it never felt like it was the right time because, you know, sometimes when something happens in your life, you have to go through the motions, and you need to digest it, absorb it and really kind of let it sink into you and then after that you can kind of you know see how you feel and actually talk so it wasn't the right time however it's a pretty significant thing when you have all of your things in you know a spot in this case is the house that he actually owned not only owned but if you listen to the first podcast and I and i highly suggest that you go back and listen to it he expresses in that first podcast because i have re-listened to it the love that you had for that particularly thing that you created which was far most in a house and just so everyone knows you always had people over you had beautiful parties you had um This dance floor and this outdoor area and this kitchen and this place that everybody watched, like whether it was football or or basketball or, uh, you know, a concert. I mean, people gathered. It was a place that people gathered, community, your friends, our Mm -hmm. friends. And you were, you had this attachment to it. You were very attached because you loved it. Like anybody who has a spot that they love, love and then he went out to one night and came back at what time?
1: About 1.45 a.m. 1.45 <laughs> a.m.
0: Mm-hmm. in April, just a little bit ago, and, uh, and saw fire. Mm-hmm. Chris has a beautiful dog who, just so you know already, I don't want to cause anybody anxiety. She's here. Fun puppy. The exciting, amazing, beautiful fun puppy, beautiful uh, boxer. So fun Poppy's a boxer, she was at the house. So when you got back there, was that like the first thing you thought, where's my dog?
1: She was actually at the gate when I got back. So you? Uh, so
0: she was fine?
1: Yeah, I got out of the cab, and uh, she's sitting there at the gate. And uh, I, I, I knew right away something wasn't right. Now, luckily, six months prior to that, I had built a doggy door. So wow. she went through the doggy door, when I guess, when she... She knew. smelled the smoke. She knew that she had to get out of there.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. And then you had neighbors on the property, mm-hmm. so they had two dogs. hmm And so what did you do?
1: <laughs> well, I was, uh, I got really nervous because I realized how heavy the fire was. And, um, you know, I've been through fire school, and I'm a trained firefighter.
0: Oh, you are? From
1: my Navy days, I yeah. had
0: no idea. Yeah,
1: because... You know, once you're in a Navy ship, you can't, you know, you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. You can't call the fire department to come put out your fire. You have to do it yourself. So I've been through fire school, and, and when I saw the fire, I said, there's no way. So, I, you know, I called the, the 911, and I said, you know, send all the units that you can. This is a really, really serious fire here. But unfortunately, the New Orleans Fire Department is strapped for resources, and there was a two-alarm fire in Algiers at the time, so most of the fire department that was on duty was all the way across the river. And in the meantime, you know, I had a rental property downstairs, and I was concerned that my neighbors were passed out sleeping. So I was frantically knocking on the windows and knocking on the doors to just see just to make sure no one was down there sleeping. Uh, but there was no answer. So, I eventually kicked the side door in to the rental property, which is probably illegal. It's probably illegal for a landlord to kick a door in.
0: Well, I'm in sure. A, in a rental
1: property. Right, but
0: if your house is catching but, fire. But under
1: the circumstances, I, I thought it was the right thing to I do. Sh-
0: yeah, that could be an exception.
1: And uh, I, wanted, I just wanted to make sure there was no one in the house. That was my main concern. <laughs> there were two dogs down there, one dog was, was yelling. And uh, the, the other dog was a scaredy cat, and he was on the sofa, mm. and he wasn't moving. So I grabbed him. Oh. And I couldn't think of anything else to do other than throw the dogs into my car. Yeah. So I threw the, the, the dogs into my car and pulled the car out of the driveway. Because I said, you know, this ho- whole house burns down. I want my car to burn down as well. At least I could save my car. Uh, so I put the dogs in the car and, and, and you know, pulled that out of the driveway. And then I sat there across the street and waited for about another 15, 20 minutes for the fire department to show up. You know, about 30 minutes later, my neighbors, my, you know, the tenants that were downstairs, my good friends, you know, they came back and saw the house on fire. They're like, what, you know, this, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily they saw the dogs in the car. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those things that you don't think about ever happening to you. And then when it does, you just hope that the fire department can get there right away. And if they don't, then you, you start thinking about, okay, well, maybe we need to beef up our fire department. Um, maybe we need to treat them with respect. You know.
0: Well, we do. We the, always do.
1: The city of New Orleans has, in many ways, disrespected the fire department because they didn't pay pay the back pay to their pension. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also the police, the police department numbers are down 30%. Uh, but, but tourism is at a, a pretty stable high, and property taxes continue to go up. And so when, when you're in a situation where your house is burning in front of you and, and you pay property taxes you know, several thousand a year or whatever it may be. You know, you really want some really high-quality response and, and services. And when you live in a city that has so much crime, you know, you really think, well, how do we improve that too? So, you know, I've since reached out to all the firefighters that I know, and I've thanked them for the job that they do because the job that they do is very difficult. You know, when you when your whole life and everything that you have is burning in front of you, who else is going to come and save you and put that fire out so you can resume life? It's a, it's a New Orleans firefighter if you live here. But we tend to forget about that. So I take my hat off to the fire department in doing the, the best job that they could, given the resources. And um, I will say this, I think that the, the treatment and the respect level and the attention and focus should be put back on them. We don't have a level of respect that I think is adequate for those people that are really saving our lives and putting their own lives on the line to do something for us. I and, agree. Um, I couldn't agree and, more. And, and, and I feel the same way about teachers. Yes. You know, between, uh. between teachers, firefighters, and police, you know in this in this world that we live in, I would say they're getting the short end of the stick, yeah. and um that's you know I, not 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 to go into that too much, but I think that's something that we need to have some kind of awareness about.
0: We have some friends that are firefighters, There's one in particular that comes to mind is an amazing human being. Have some people at the studio who come practice, and they're firefighters as well. Yeah. Very, very amazing people that I'm grateful for every day. So and I totally relate to you. Very, very brave. Very brave profession. Yes. Very
1: brave to yeah. walk into something that can kill you.
0: Yeah. So the next day, you are awake. You basically didn't sleep, right? That's right. Yeah. I next day is Friday. You know, I don't remember dates, but I remember the day of the week. I got because Chris and I have such a special relationship and we've been friends for so long. I had a handful of people that reached out to me very early in the morning on Friday or somewhere in the, early in the morning till about noon. And I had I was busy. I had a lot of classes to teach and things to do. And did you know what happened to Chris? Did you know what happened to Chris? And my first thought, of course, I froze up because I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? You know, when you hear something, did you know what happened to blah, 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 and you have three people send you a text like that, mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to your mind is the most horrifying thing, which, again, did he die or... You know, was there an act? So I because we have actually experienced that and I'm sure many of our many of us have known death, right? We all we've a lot of us, if you haven't, you're very fortunate that you haven't had a family member that you love that have passed or a close friend. So when you get those texts, you're like, whoa, right? So that was the first thing I had chills on my bone because I didn't even wanna go there. When I, you know, I didn't even respond to that text message because I was like, oh my God, am I ready for this? Right? It takes you that moment to take deep breaths and be like, whoa. And so that was my first reaction. And a little bit later, maybe 10 minutes later, okay, let me see what this is about. Let me actually take a deep breath and I can do this. I can handle whatever it is. And the answer is Chris's house is (laughs) catching on fire. And I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but I'm just like that compared to what I had thought. Is so much okay? So my first, my first question is: Is he okay? Is everything okay? Oh yeah, he's fine. He's blah blah. Oh hold on, let me call him. And then immediately you exhale and you're like, "Ah, whatever it is, we can handle it. Whatever it is, it's cool. As long as you know this human being is still alive and well and on planet life on Earth. And so at that point. It doesn't really matter because it's like it's all good. I just got the message that you're good. <laughs> so it's like, woohoo, you yeah. know, hooray. So anyways, yeah, at some point we we spoke and you were very tired. You hadn't slept. Mm-hmm. And you at that point, as anybody would, as I would, at least, or I think most people on the planet, you were you were, you know, um, stressed out and, and a little bit of anxiety and just feeling a little you know like whoa my house just burned out like very normal yeah. uh however what I want to say is that at, at that time my reaction to it and it's so interesting to me because that moment I knew And I think I even told you that within the first conversation, but I didn't want to seem like insensitive, but I just knew I was like, this is happening for your highest good. And I was like, this is so okay. And you're going to be so okay. And it's like, you're cool and you're good. Not only that, but you're going to be totally fine. And I had so much confidence on that. And at that time, and at that point, we didn't know where you were going to live. We didn't know where were you going to stay. And graciously, our friend and your good friend, Yvette, God bless her soul. Mm-hmm. She's so beautiful and amazing. She was so welcoming to you. And um, the dog, you know, Chris basically moved in into Yvette's house. And, you, and she was so sweet. And you stay there for a little bit until you figure things out. I mean, and everybody, all of his friends, everybody reached out and tried to You know, I remember we had a party like two, three days after because we were celebrating basically your life. Like the most important thing to people who love you is that you're alive and you're well and you're alive. And that's a celebration right there, you know. And I know that this might sound kind of crazy, but what I'm trying to say, I guess the message I'm trying to, to, to give is I knew as I still know today that you are going to be okay through that, all of this.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you go through the initial state of shock, and then you you get grounded really quickly because you spend your whole life, you know, getting stuff and stuff that you like uh, or painting a house or... Redesigning something and put your all your effort into something for over a decade and um, you know I had that that house for close to a decade, so it was it's like an ongoing canvas and, and work of art
0: you had some beautiful paintings yeah. in there yeah. you i mean humongous paintings you you guys, and yeah. also you know your computers full of information and yeah. stuff yep
1: when you experience a total loss it's disappointing. In many ways, and you you know you feel bad that you don't have those things that you once had. But on the flip side, it's also very liberating because then you don't have those things. And because uh, you let go, yeah, yeah, because you you're free. You're free in a way that you never would have otherwise imagined yourself being free.
0: I would like to, for a moment, read a. I've been writing some blogs, and on my Instagram, I posted this. This is a blog. It is the fifth of the yamas of Patanjali's uh, Eight Limbs of Yoga, and I'm on a little project right now that I will—I'm writing about the eight limbs. And this yama's name, I'm going to read it to you, and you tell me your thoughts, and I'll read it to everyone. It's Mm -hmm. called—I posted it today—Aparigraha. It's a big concept in yoga— it is the fifth of the last yama, many times translated as non-possessiveness or non Yeah, Releasing attachments seems like a non-easy task, paying attention to how much we take and how much we hold on to. Mm-hmm. If we can free our space, we allow free flow of energy, and then we can really live in the flow of yes. life. Allowing energy to move freely and easily, creating space for whatever it is that the universe has for us to come through. So listen to the universe. Easier said than done, right? Yes, this is the reminder to clean this is the reminder to clean your closet that many times a year. Perhaps we if we purchase three new items of clothes or whatever. We can gift or get rid of three or more. It's the idea of never taking too much. except what you need. And now, how about your loved ones? Do we cling too much to them, not allowing them to experience life as they wish, respecting their individual ideas and truth? How about clinging to the idea of someone or uh, something always being The only thing we know is the impermanence of things, including this post, you and me. So I'm going to read that again. The only thing we know is the impermanence of things, Mm -hmm. including this post, you and me. The sooner we allow the idea of impermanence to sink in, the easier and more smooth this life will be. Make no mistake, this is no easy task. Any attachments to stuff, Situations or life as is must be released. A great example is the epic, the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna shares with Arjuna, the great old warrior, let your concerns with action alone and never with the fruits of action. Do not let the result of action be your motive. Do not be attached to inaction. What Krishna is essentially saying here. Is that we should never concern ourselves with the outcome of a situation we should only concern ourselves with with what we're actually doing right now you're not okay it's it's a practice. Live this every day. Okay, take your time and breathe and be in the present moment. I leave you with one of my favorite quotes. This is the blog that I wrote today. Go you can check it out on my Instagram, Natalie. Let the beauty we love be what we do. But a parigraha basically means non-attachment. So yoga teaches us, which is, a, I think it's really a really difficult one, but practice non-attachment.
1: That, that was definitely a lesson learned. And
0: but you already kind of, you knew that.
1: I already knew it and lived it.
0: However, it's a whole different level, it's right? It's a different
1: level. It's a different level once you lose everything.
0: Yeah. Today we're sitting here, we're in the French quarter on Bourbon Street, like I told you guys. We're in this beautiful spot. There's a pool outside. His dog is here. We're alive and well. There's beautiful paintings on the wall. I mean, you've literally recreated and rebuilt a life for yourself, which I knew you would. I had no doubt. And so, everything after that, somehow you lost everything, but I also feel you gained so much. And I'm channeling a little bit here, but I feel like so many wonderful things uh, have come into your life because you, with the fire, you let it burn in the fire, you let go of so many things. With, didn't belong any longer. It had to be released. Some of it, there's a lot of emotional attachment. However, you have a clean slate. You're here right now. That's right. What is the biggest lesson you learned?
1: I think it's uh, sometimes in life we're able to make decisions. And sometimes in life decisions are made for us. And When you're given a circumstance like that to deal with, you just have to really deal with it, and you have to realize, okay, you know, I didn't lose any children, I didn't lose a spouse.
0: You didn't lose your dog. I didn't
1: lose my dog. A friend. Or a friend. And at at the end of the day, it's, it's all stuff, and stuff can be replaced, and... Maybe, maybe we're too attached to material things and stuff. But it's also quite liberating to go from building something up to having absolutely nothing. And everything you own is all that's what was left in the trunk.
0: Why is it liberating?
1: The trunk of your car. Because to go from having you know a house full of stuff the things that you made decisions on to surround yourself with, you know inclu- including furniture, clothes, you name it. to having nothing. to having something that looks like Armageddon. it's a uh, it's, it's, uh, shocking and scary in a way.
0: Is it liberating because it, it gives you the opportunity to start all over?
1: It, but it's also liberating that it opens up space to allow new things to enter, just like many other things.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like sometimes um, stuff clutter interferes with emotional clutter?
1: Without question. Without question, absolutely. When your mind sees something in this clutter, your brain processes what it is. If there's less of it, your brain isn't having to work overtime to process a bunch of clutter. Um, I think it's, re- and then, uh, then I think it's really like giving your brain in a space where you can be very neutral and free form and and simple, intentionally simple, instead of having all this crazy hyperactive, you know, influences that enter your life, which is the world that we're living in now. Everything's so hyperactive. The music is hyper. The the photos that you scroll on Facebook or Instagram, the the tweet volume in general. We live, We're living in this net-centric hyper world, and I only see it getting more hyper with, you know, the animation with the video games. So so we're on this we're on this terror. Of, uh, of of hypercentric exposure to humans which naturally want to be in nature. I know where it's going to go, but it's a little, it's, it's a little concerning.
0: What is it that you're grateful for in your life at this moment?
1: When, when you lay your head down to sleep, given this circumstance, you really think about um, the people that really were there for you. You know, we all have our, our our approaches to developing friendships or maintaining friendships or you know having new friends but uh, and, and through this experience, the I would say the biggest thing was i I came to fully believe that I have some of the best friends in the world. And I wouldn't trade them for anyone.
0: You really do. You have some amazing friends. But I also feel like the fact that you have some amazing friends, it's a reflection of your character as a human being. You attract some really wonderful people in your life. And you attract really wonderful people that stays with you. You're one of those people that the people that you are loyal to and that are you call friends, they're with you for years and years and years and years. And they would take a bullet for you and vice versa. And that says a lot about you as a person and a human being.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's part of the experience of friendship. Um, I think it's part of the experience of getting to know someone and then getting to care about someone and truly be concerned about where they are in life and how they can further develop, that's what friends can do.
0: One of the things that I was, I was very impressed with is that after, uh, the aftermath of this, quickly after, not long aftermath, but immediate aftermath, mm-hmm. was that some people reached out to me and said, Nat, this happened to Chris. What can we do? What should we do? What can we do? And my response to a lot of our friends was, okay, let's let's figure this out. Let's see what we can do. And the first thing that came to us because we really didn't know, you know, on the long term, yeah, everybody wanted to help however they could, but immediately we we just really thought, let's let's the, the minute that there was an opportunity for us to come together at somebody's one of our friends' house, and in this case it was Yvette, and we all came in and brought some wine and some delicious food and share the food and share the experience and juices and whatever. And we just kind of were able to all, we all got to this place and we hugged each other and looked at each other in the eyes and said, I love you and I love you and I love you. And it was such a beautiful moment of having this community together and really admiring each other and hugging each other and expressing the love. It was such a beautiful night when we were there that one particular night because there was yeah. this sense of survival of hey you know what we're here we've got each other's back yeah you know we love one another and we're here and we love Chris and we're let's whatever it is that it takes we are going to keep the ball rolling and not only we're going to keep the ball rolling we're going to raise above we're going to be better even better and every time and I I told you even that night I said Chris I know this is happening for a reason I know this had to happen in your life for some reason we got to believe in the higher power and we you know how higher power and we know that this had to happen and I know that there's a reason why and I know that you're going to not only come out of this okay but you're going to come out of this stronger And you're going to inspire so many. And that's exactly what is happening. And everything since then, it's like, you know, it's been wonderful for you. I mean, you, this is one of the times in your life, and I can tell you this as, you know, one of your really good friends, that I see you and you are thriving. You have this amazing energy about yourself you are like in this beautiful place radiating love to everybody that is around you whether it's the waitress at the restaurant or you know the uber that we took down here or you just have this beautiful essence about you and a lot of it is because of these amazing life experiences and like crazy life, this crazy wild life that has gotten you where you are today.
1: It is. It really is. You know, we're the sum of our experiences. Plato goes into that with, with his whole wall, if you go back to like ancient philosophy. You know, a lot. Of, a lot of that has to do with you know, having exposure and, and having experiences, it's one thing to have them. It's another thing to learn from them. And, uh, and it's also another thing to learn from other people's experiences, which most of us don't do. Why you
0: know, don't we?
1: we, we well, we tend, to, we tend to make our own mistakes, which we have to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we take advice, but we're kind of like 50-50 advice. We still ultimately do what we want to do.
0: So let me ask you something. How yeah. can we learn from somebody else's experience?
1: You sit down, you talk about it, and you listen to them. But I think before humans can do that, I think we have to have like a certain respect level. And then it has to be broken down into a term, a situational description that we can understand. It's all possible.
0: And listening. And a lot of times we don't do active listening.
1: Yeah, we don't listen. We don't listen enough, and then, and then we have fake news, and we have
0: a lot of fake news. We have
1: two political parties in America that are that have divided the country, and uh, it's really sad. I think, I personally think it's passé. I think the two party system is passé, and I think they both have failed us. And I'm saying it right now, it's uh it's the middle of twenty seventeen. The two party system has failed us. And, yep. and um the sooner we can admit that and the sooner we can abstract ourselves from the parties because they both are, are laden with special interest and
0: I'm going to add something and, and
1: big money. Yeah, I'm um, gonna
0: add something to that. Hey guys, I have a huge favor to ask you. Don't vote for a party. Vote for, you know, before we have elections or anything such as, you know, who cares what your parents were? Who cares what your grandparents were? Let's just, let's just come out of that little storyline for a moment and take a deep breath and look at the people who are actually running and ask questions, research Read, do everything that you can to learn more about each and every human being who is running for whatever it is that they're running for, and you know this idea of voting for a school or another or a party or another is so old school it's just not serving us anymore and what I would like to to suggest is that we actually really uh from our heart chakra. Learn about these individuals as individual beings and what are their values? Do they connect with ours, and how can we make the planet a better planet? And how can we live this life most authentically and serving our community? And for that to happen, we really need to come away from dogmatic black and white places and really kind of be broad and open to new ideas and new realms. I mean, who cares, you know, of the parties? Let's just really, yeah. let's just really think outside uh, the box. I, I,
1: re- I, really think, I really think the two-party system has ran its course, but now with, with the fake news and the, the, the cover stories running through social media so rapidly, and then most people don't realize that when they have Facebook, You know, if they're looking at predominantly right-wing links, they're going to get fed more of that. If they're looking at predominantly left-wing links, they're going to get more input from the left automatically on their their page as they scroll. Those are institutions in themselves, but at the same time, it's not a collaborative Congress. We haven't had a collaborative Congress in a very long time. By the end of the day... It's their responsibility to be the leader of their people. Mm-hmm. So you know, there isn't a state that I know that's all Democratic. That is all Republican. If there were, well, then I could see the representation on the Hill reflecting that a little bit. But you know, you have you have gerrymandering, which is an issue. You have uh, known. Blue territories and known red territories, you know, which I think we need to try to break through and and just go back to not being so much about the party, but being about the people.
0: Okay, so I want to, before we wrap this up, because I know we're coming to our time, but what is it that you are now looking forward to in your life?
1: Right now I still have... Uh, a handful of things that I want to see get fully developed. So, you know, imagine planting five seeds. You want to see all five of those seeds. You want to see all five of your plants grow and grow healthily uh, before you plant another seed. So let's just say you're at five and hold. Well, we're at five and hold, and and the plants are growing very well. And, And then after that, then you make another decision about what else you want to plant. But no matter what, we're always planting a seed. We're always giving it love, and we're watching it grow. And if it has a lifespan, it has a lifespan. And a lot of times, like in the North, for example, the beautiful flowers are freeze over, and then they're preserved in ice, but uh, not ideal.
0: Well, thank you, Chris, for sitting with me one more time and. Speaking about this issue that I know it hasn't been easy, but I think that what I want to do really kind of pour, um, inspire everyone is that even though these things happen and they do, you know, there's always the sun is always shining and there's always this beautiful. Uh when you plant a seed the flowers grow and the plant go, grow and you are doing amazingly and wonderful and this is one of the times in your life that I've seen you thriving the most you just came back Chris just came back from a trip to London Germany Spain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where else am I missing Canada yeah where else am I missing somewhere somewhere yeah. Where else? It, it, I think that's it. You know, you know I, yeah, Europe. I mean, the, that's it. Just that. The, so I,
1: I had the good fortune of, of being in the navy and being able to travel the world in many places. But yeah, as odd as that is, I never had a chance to go to Canada. So this is my first time in Canada. Yeah, and I realized how incredibly nice and responsible the Canadian culture and the people are. They care about the environment. They're polite to each other. They recycle. You know, I would love to see those things happen here. You know, but, but they don't. And I can't figure out why they don't. Yeah. So we've got a room, some room for improvement there. And then on that note, I also have like a little humor for tonight.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Natalie, mm-hmm. you're in a pool and there's a thousand Canadians in the pool. What do you say to them to get them out of the pool? <laughs> how do you
0: how do you get a, how do get a thousand Canadians out of the pool? How do I get a thousand, a thousand Canadians, Canadians out, of out of the pool? Let me think about this for a moment. anybody can help me? How do you get an, a thousand Canadians out of the pool? I'm gonna say Hey everyone, come over here. Let's do yoga. Woohoo! Just close. kidding. <laughs> that did not so work.
1: Close. I think. Okay, all you have what
0: happens? Say,
1: close. I think all you have to say is, please get out of the pool, and they'll all go. Wow. They're that nice of people.
0: They're that nice. They're that nice. Really. You
1: just have to ask? Say please.
0: I've never been to Canada.
1: They're so nice.
0: I kind of want to go to Canada now. The
1: nicest people.
0: Hi, Canadians. Will you please come out of the pool?
1: They're <laughs> yeah, na- na- really nice. These people, very sweet people. You know, Canadians. The, cu- the country is 150 years old, though. Well, so they're still relatively new.
0: And I believe that half, uh, I don't know how many of them, but some of them speak French, so I can... How many? Parlez-vous français? Je parle français. Um, Madame et messieurs, on peut parler français ensemble. Vous êtes Canadien Wee wee wee! va? salut. (laughs) I'm very much looking forward to visiting Canada. Mm -hmm. You love it, yeah. So I actually might be in Canada in August for Wonderlust. It's a yoga festival that I'm supposed to be working at in, I believe it's some sometime beginning of August. So okay, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much, Christopher Galliano, for being here tonight. It's always amazing to speak with you. I love hearing all of your insights. And also, I love how you have completely turned everything into a 360 and you are doing the best you can every day and continue to inspire all of us, your friends, in this life journey. You are an example of a human being, and I am proud to call you my friend.
1: Thank you so much, Now It means a lot to me.
0: Well, it means and, a lot and, to and me. And thanks
1: again for having me on the show. As folks listen in, I hope they could at least take one thing away. Whatever that may be. Yes, me too. Just one takeaway. I'm I'm thrilled.
0: Yeah, one takeaway. If there's one thing that resonates with you, we are very lucky and we are very blessed that you're taking time off your day to be here with me and with Chris right now on Life on Earth podcast. Thank you, everyone, wherever you are in the world. Big blessings to you. You are a magnificent human being. You are magical and you... My hope for you is that you find your most authentic self and that you live to be the highest version of who you are. Don't ever be afraid to be you. If anyone gives you a hard time, then, you know, take a deep breath, exhale, let it go. Don't let that stop you. Have some courage, raise above, and be who you are. The people who really love you and that are meant to be with you, they will be there trust me they will be there for you if you are in new orleans noel who was on my last podcast and i we do these moon ritual ceremonies we have the solar eclipse coming up with the, with leo coming up soon in august it's going to be a big one and we we do these amazing rituals you you're welcome to join us i teach three meditation classes a week Please join me for that as well. And I have trainings. My trainings are transformational. And you learn yoga, nutrition, um, how to live your most authentic life on earth. <laughs> Thank you so much. My uh, Instagram is Natalie Krah. I've been writing a lot of blogs lately, a lot of posts hoping that that will assist all of us on this path of transformation. Chris's uh, Facebook is Christopher Galliano, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So you can also reach out to me on Facebook, add me, send me a little message. Sometimes I don't see, um, you know, friend requests unless you message me or something. But if I missed it, it's just because I didn't see it. I will always accept you. And I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful day. Oh, yes, one more thing. My friend... My buddy Kip Anderson has an amazing, amazing documentary on Netflix right now. It is called What the Health. Please watch it. Please watch it. It is important that you watch it. Not only it's entertaining... But it's amazing. And there's a lot of really good information there. So what the health. And I soon will be releasing a very simple all levels yoga class for you. As well as a yoga nidra relaxation technique. And much more an online course coming up. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. And I love you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.